censor any means of individual expression. And it's important to remember this. This is a pattern that repeats itself. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Spoilers. This week, we're, we are reviewing Enemy, where Jake Gyllenhaal rapes a spider. What? <laughs> huh? I don't know. I don't know what happens in this movie. <laughs> Was that the spoiler? Yes. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. Like I said, we're uh, reviewing... This is spoilers. Hit the music. This is spoilers. We're reviewing... <laughs> Denny Villeneuve's 2013 classic Enemy. <laughs> um, I'm going to let the guys go around and introduce themselves. Uh, the opening question tonight is uh, not what would you do if you saw your movie Doppelganger, but just who is your movie Doppelganger? And we will go from west to east. Uh, Pappy, I think that means you, man. Yeah, well, a friend uh, recommended this movie to me, a, a co-worker called uh, School of Rock, and <laughs> I was watching it, and then this kid with the guitar comes on the screen, and I paused it, and I looked up his IMDb, and he didn't really go on to a mu- amount to much anything else. But The step-off uh, kid didn't? Step off! Step yeah. off! <laughs> if I don't have a beard and if I haven't seen the sun in two months, that's exactly what I look like. Uh, who would be next? You guys are close together up in Indiana. Uh, I'll go next. I I know who my my movie doppelganger is. I've heard Adrian Brody quite a few times, and I <laughs> think it's a little disrespectful to hear that based solely on the nose. But I'll accept it. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy Adrian Brody. I, I, I like most of his movies, so I can't complain. Don't forget Zero from Grand Budapest Hotel. That's a, that's a fair call. Uh, Stevie, I think you'd be next. I really like. I've, I don't really think I have one. I've been told I look like someone, but it's absurd, and I'm afraid to even say it out Do of tell. pure laughter. Sean Astin and Goonies. <laughs> That's not far off. <laughs> a very specific movie. Alec Baldwin. Just one movie. You think Alec Baldwin? Magnificent head of hair. Yeah, that's true. I'll take that. I'll take Alec Baldwin. I'll take that. Wait. No, Stevie, I need to know. No, that's a. Alec no. Baldwin and Boss Baby, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have the hair, Paps. Lay off. Um, if you must know, I was told by someone I look like James Marsden, and I found that to be. Disrespectful to him. What? Yeah, James I got... Marsden. James Marsden, like from Westworld. Yeah. yeah, like from Westworld. Yeah, it's disrespectful to him. You're right. That's what I thought. <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see it. Here do I. <laughs> Let's move on, Josh. <laughs> hey, this is Josh. I'm recording like uh, a minute away from Stevie, but I'm in Goshen, Indiana, and right I get that line. I get Dax Shepard from. People, that's a good one. That is a good. Uh, one. It's depressing, but Kristen Bell is no slouch. So, whatever, I'll take it. Man, that's a random one too. Uh, and yeah, this is Jordan recording from North Carolina tonight. Um, so, Enemy starts off pretty weird. Uh, I don't know. I think Brother Steve- Jordan. Wait, who do you look like? Yeah. Oh, uh, me. I don't know. Most people just say Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Ergo Dax. <laughs> I remember Brett Kelly, who's not on the pod tonight, one time looking at Jordan and going, Jordan, you'd look just like Josh, but younger and better looking. <laughs> I was standing like two feet away. It's like, jeez. Such Brett. a staunchy thing to say. 
staunch, staunch, is staunch so in his staunchy. beliefs. And in this one, he is correct. <laughs> his staunch knows no bounds. <laughs> um, so, Stevie, Stevie, I think you're the only one who had seen Enemy before... Um, before I had chosen it for this week's movie. Um, the, yeah. o- the opening is pretty intense, so I kind of want to go back to your original viewing of this when they're in the, uh, I guess it's an erotic thing at some kind of club. Um, what's kind of your frame of mind if you as you go into this movie? There's some naked ladies and... I thought someone was getting like hacked up in front of these creepy men and it was going to go from there. But yeah, it's a really strange opening and I'll oh, go ahead, Josh. I've got the feeling it was trying to be Stanley Kubrick's eyes wide shut. Like that's what I got from it. Uh, yeah, same. I didn't see it. I think it was a like a sex thing, but more of like a these girls aren't having sex. It's more like a they're just uh, harming these animals. I don't. I don't know how to explain it. It's like <laughs> kind of like a uh, a weird fetish thing. <laughs> just kind of just stepping on spiders and these dudes were getting off to it i, I mean I don't know. it wasn't it's about fighting against oppression man i was like the spiders aren't really the, it's not really a spider it's supposed to be a woman right it's like the same thing as the spiders in the end yeah whoa but that was a small spider yeah in a little dish so it, it was like, a little woman so <laughs> she also wasn't <laughs> married to the small spider I'm glad we're getting into the inconsistencies right away. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> All right. So we're already confused. So Dude, Didn't you say you cracked up the first time you saw that part, though? I cracked <laughs> up when I watched it again. I was so what? weirded out the first time I saw it. What is funny just about so, it? It's just so absurd. Such an absurd way to start a movie. And then to start a movie that has like quotes in the beginning is like two points already like didn't, like knocked down. It's like, what is this, The Breakfast Club? Yeah, I should have shattered into a million pieces. That would <laughs> I agree with Stevie. It was just so over the top and like, this movie's going to be eerie and sexy. This movie's too smart for you, so you better watch it more than once. <laughs> so we smash cut to a local college. <laughs> And Jake Gyllenhaal, um, and this is Adam's, the Adam version of Jake Gyllenhaal, he's teaching a college class on uh, tyranny and dictatorship, Oppression. I guess. Yeah, oppression, um, which somehow is supposed to weave into the rest of the movie, I guess. Um, <laughs> he ends up getting a movie recommended to him by one of his coworkers called Where There's a Will, There's a Way. Mikey, I heard this is on like your to-watch list. Um, what did you think of this film that he watches here? <laughs> it looked like he was watching Breakfast at Tiffany's or something like that, and it kind of looked like an old-timey movie, but somehow this actor that also looks like Jake Gyllenhaal was the exact same age, so... I don't know. It just looked like kind of a... Just like a older movie i i don't know how to explain it It was just like taking place in a hotel looks like a wes anderson movie yeah it didn't go into any detail or anything about what the movie was (laughs) i was was about so i was actually glad that pappy brought up the uh the grand budapest because in that movie you actually saw your doppelganger and did you freak out like adam did when he saw daniel st (laughs) Clair in this movie (laughs) as the bellhop (laughs) in the background 
Listen, I've heard this Adrian Brody for years. This is not anything new to me. Well, the bellhop's not Adrian Brody in that movie. No, the bellhop is the guy from Grand Budapest, right? Zero? Yeah. But is that how you guys recommend movies to your coworkers? Like you're just sitting around a conference table and you're like, you know what's fun? Movies. <laughs> and Jake Pappy, Jonah was like, Pappy, yeah. I thought that was like a crappy mechanism to like start the plot too. But when I was thinking back on it, I'm pretty sure that coworker like knew he was in the movie and was like kind of nudging him, trying to get like something out of him. And that's like when when Jillian Hall is like, I don't really like movies. The guy is like, okay, oh. sure, sure, bro. I thought he was kind of oh, like trying Leo to DiCaprio make fun of thing. him. Or... I see it. I, I think so. Otherwise, I, it doesn't make any sense. It's got to be that. Because he really beats around the bush, too. Because he's like, do you have any recommendations? He's like, no. Then it's like 45 seconds of silence. And he goes, well, there's a will, there's a way. And uh, Jake Jonah goes, that, ain't that the truth? He's like, no, it's the name of a movie. <laughs> you were in that movie, asshole. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Pappy, you just said silence. That was a big part of this movie, Walking, watching Jake Gyllenhaal be silent and broody. <laughs> this movie kind of takes me back to... Um, <laughs> like Jake Gyllenhaal's attitude is the same as it is in Zodiac, where he's kind of frantically searching for clues and stuff. Um he finds like a torn off photo that he can't find the other half to um, with like some random ladies like hand around his shoulder. Um, and he ends up stalking this guy and like trying to find out where he lives and calling his house and stuff like that. Um, Pap, how did you think of this stalk job? And like, what, what do you think is his plan at this point? Cause obviously this is your first time through the movie. Like what is your, what's your frame of mind going through this? Yeah. Um, it felt like, Denny Villeneuve watched Vertigo and then like, <laughs> was like, I want to make that. And like literally set out to try and make exactly that. Like similar to Vertigo, there's a lot of shots of him, you know, kind of going around the city, like putting together clues, like you said. And Oh my God, really the just, shot under the door is exactly oh. like Vertigo. Dude, I, I'm telling you, I think it was kind of a, a tip to the cap. Because then you also have the thing of like, you know, one actor playing two different people within the context of a movie and who's aware of that who's not but i was surprised that we actually at the end of that get to meet uh movie jake Hall anthony like that was pretty shocking I, I just wasn't expecting that to to happen so early in the movie i guess so yeah josh when he finally does meet him um i'm not gonna come to you on this he he finally meets his doppelganger and he's kind of kind of freaked out and I'm not really sure what he expected to happen at this point. Um, and I feel like the movie can go one of two ways. Like they can, well, I guess a million ways. But I, like, what did you expect here? Because they finally meet and you do kind of see his face and they are as the same guy. So uh, where do you think we we're going here? Uh, well, I think I just said a second ago, a Vertigo reference was the feet under the door of the dark room. But that's actually from Rear Window. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that, but it's like the exactly the same with like the feet shuffling and high tension as the door opens. So mm -hmm. I was expecting there to be, um, I was expecting Jake Gyllenhaal one to start taking some really bright pictures in his face, freaking the <laughs> hell out. <laughs> no, I, like I felt like this part was like a plot of idiots because if they would have just talked or something, 
and it took them so long to think about the fact they might be brothers. I this part frustrated me to no end. They like want to find the truth, but like as soon as he sees the scar and how similar they really are, he like flips out and just leaves. Dude, would you not? I would I would probably shit my pants <laughs> like fear. No doubt. But also, I think this is all in his head, and I think he's one person who's, like, bipolar or something. I think so, too. I don't, it's think, just it's, really I don't think it's two people. Disappointing. Like, that was awesome when I saw it in Fight Club. But I I was hoping it would be, like, they're doppelgangers. And so, like, what if you really did have an identical person out there around you? Like, I thought it was really interesting when the movie Jake Gyllenhaal like starts stalking the girlfriend realizing like oh this would be really easy for me to manipulate this situation i thought the movie was going to go that way jordan i mean it sort of does to an extent like he ends up i think he i think he knows that his pregnant wife didn't sleep with somebody else but he ends up kind of accusing him of that and like kind of pulling on his acting experience to like fuck with um anthony fucks with adam and like ends up manipulating him to give him his keys and his clothes so that he can sleep with his girlfriend. Um, and it kind of all goes awry. He ends up crashing in, a, in an accident with, with the girlfriend. And I think we, like the plot doesn't really matter to me that much here at this point. And I really just want to get into like the psychological part of it in that Stevie, you've seen it twice now. Give us, <sighs> give, a, give us some sort of a direction. Like where, where does it, where does it come together for you as far as are they the same guy? Is They're any of this guy. real life? Like what They're is real guy. and what is not then? Um, I think what's real is um, I think the actor part is real and the history teacher part is false. Um, I think uh, like you can look on Reddit for hours and it's pretty much the same outlines. It's pretty much about a like I think in his head, like in the very beginning, he was talking about oppression, about oppression and how like dictators start and how it's cyclical and how it'll all come back around. But this is a pattern. And I think that's what like the spider and the women in this uh, movie represent as far as like him being afraid of commitment and him being tied down to one person. It's and a it's trap. Just, yeah, it's kind of like freaking him out. And I mean, the spider webs are everywhere from like the car accident, the window when it gets close up to it looks like a spider web. The spider web and the shower fog. Um, obviously, the spiders. The the subway the, train things. the The best one was like the huge monster spider over the city. <laughs> that thing was crazy. What the fuck? His mom, because they show that right after his mom gets done talking. So it's like uh, does true. that represent his mom, the biggest <laughs> spider of all? <laughs> Sorry, Stevie. Oh no, I was just saying in the beginning, like when he sees that heel crushing that spider. Um, I think it was like a form of pleasure to him having the fact that he would never be tied down. And I think in his head, it was a fight between like two people in his mind of which will win out the person that's tied down and miserable or the person that doesn't want to be tied down and happier. The pervert or the good man who should wife up. (laughs) So Stevie, you think that the, the teacher part is just a a total farce here in my, in the way I look at it. Well, did you see did you see that class he was teaching? It was like five kids. That's true. I think he just walked. That, into and a by the end of it, I mean, like, when you when you walked in, you thought there was gonna be kids there. There weren't any there. Oh, well, he was early, maybe. 
Um, <laughs> well, there's a lot of scenes where do you he's got, teaching to nobody. Stevie, do you honestly get a sense that this movie has some sort of actual real timeline? I feel like that was just all thrown out the window. I didn't... Well, the beginning's the end, and the end's the beginning. Exactly, because yeah, he gets the key, then he goes to the club, which the right. elevator guy was talking about. So the, I mean, the whole movie's an exercise to get to the beginning. Man, the more we talk about this, the more I kind of hate it. Um, See, <laughs> is it like Memento then, or mm. Benjamin Button? It's more like Memento, but <laughs> less annoying. Pulp Fiction, kind of. <laughs> yeah. So, Pappy, you also think that the timeline is kind of messed up. So, at the end, when um, the pregnant wife kind of cuddles up and. Uh, asks Adam, how was your day at school? Do you think that he's lying to her about that? Or is she also a figment of his imagination as well? Um, where does that fit in here? See, I, I, I differ slightly from Stevie, but I think we're pretty much in lockstep. And then there's no right answer either. But I think that the, uh, yeah, that the pregnant wife, wife is real. And he's kind of an actor who's, fallen out of grace like he actually was an actor and like when he goes to get the package from the uh agency like oh we haven't seen you in months so i think he's kind of like given up being an actor and now Uh, he's taking this job as like a teacher and he part of of this like subconscious acting out is that impulse but i think the movie also does cheat if that's true because there's scenes like in the end with his ring finger and his the girlfriend like she's like oh, i've never seen that shadow of a ring before which which couldn't have been true if my theory is right so i mean it's kind of confusing but i think that perhaps the pregnant wife is aware of his psychosis and might be supporting him through it because there's That's also the this, took it. yeah because there's also the scene uh <laughs> where she visits him at school and he pretends not to know her and he walks off camera and she calls him and then one of them answers like, I mean, I don't know. D- does anybody remember that scene? Like that scene yeah. is real confusing. They made a point of him to be out of uh, out of the shot before she calls or whatever and he picks up. So I thought that was like very telling that, oh, they're just the same person. I mean, I guess they never are in the same room with any other person people and she seemed heartbroken on that bench like i want you to come back and she's just like talking to him and i think it's like pappy's right she's supporting him through it like there was a break there because there's another scene where they're on the couch and she's like crying and she's like i think you know what's going on here and he's like what what's going on why are you so freaked out yeah and she's like i just saw you earlier today but what about that scene with the ring finger then? Like, you guys know what I'm talking about there? Because, like, that's the whole reason that things get, like, violent during that sex scene. Someone on online I saw wrote that that whole last heist with the girlfriend and him, like, taking her out to a hotel was all made up in his mind, and the car crash was supposed to signify him killing that relationship in his mind. And... It's a theory. I don't know if it's cool or really like if the movie gives you enough to like draw that conclusion. And that's my ultimate, I think, problem with this movie. I, I don't think it gives you quite enough. And like Pappy said, you gave one really great example of it cheating, but I feel like it just doesn't want to tell you because it, it's 
Uh, you guys called adaptation condescending <laughs> and up its own ass. And I think this is <laughs> this movie's up its more own ass. so than that. I mean, we started on we st- we started the pod on a big uh, glaring error with like the spider and like how does that relate to the other spider? But I mean, Josh, if you're right, I guess this the car crash makes sense. But Pappy, if if it's actually him in the car, that doesn't make any fucking sense as far as like him getting in that huge car crash and dying, but also being somewhere else at the same time. I don't know how to square that either. Right? Yeah, and if if it's if that whole aspect of his life is purely imagination then there's no like conflict in this movie you know what i mean like why is his pregnant wife freaking out unless it is just an affair but spiders right (laughs) those bastards (laughs) or what'd you think of the very last scene it's awesome I love it. What, is, what do you think? That, <laughs> what do you think that was supposed to mean, though? Stevie said something about a trap, and I figured it's a cycle. The it's a tra- cycle of oppression. Yeah, the, I, I figured the trap uh, in the last scene was his his wife is pregnant. I figured the giant spider represented his wife, and that she had just like finally her water broke or something, and now this is like the ultimate. You're fucked now. You're in this trap for real now. Oh, is I think about the this giant man you think your water broke right after they fucked she's only like six months pregnant that'd be bad not a lot of good stuff happens in this movie <laughs> <laughs> i mean so, mikey you guys... oh god go ahead pap go ahead i was gonna say what do you... all right in the in the age of me too in the age of when hollywood is making girl ghostbusters and oceans eight with all women <laughs> what do you guys think of like using on the complete opposite side of that coin, all women are spiders and traps. You know what I mean? Like, what do you guys think about that? What is he, what is he trying to say? I don't think it was a, like a, a reference to all women in general. I think it was more of how this man saw women in his mind. Cause even in that dream scene where it gets very Kubricky and Pappy, we talked about this earlier, that yellow shot that you uh, hate so much. Yeah. That dream scene where that woman's like walking upside down, and he obviously like it's a naked woman. He obviously like likes it a lot until he gets closer and closer, where he sees like the head of a spider on this woman, and he kind of wakes up like as if it's it? a nightmare. So I think it's how this guy sees women like in his relationships toward them in his mind, not like an overall general sweeping idea of women in general. Do you think Villeneuve just, like took some acid and he's like, women are like spiders? Dude. <laughs> and he thought of like 20 different ways to sneak spiders as women in his film. He's like laying on his back, like tripping on acid, and like looking through like one of those honey bear things, and everything's like yellow and ugly looking. He's like, oh, this would look so awesome. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask is so, Stevie, you said that it might be his, like, uh, the character's view of women and that they might be a trap. And that kind of right. got me thinking about. Villeneuve and if he thinks that but in two of his uh, movies his future films since then in Sicario and Arrival um, he has two pretty strong strong female female characters and so I don't necessarily Mm -hmm. think that that's him but I do think that there are threads of threads you can see the threads of those movies in this and like some of the shots and stuff Josh like what did you think of how this movie was shot and like the the direction how it was put together 
Oh, geez. I mean, it's brilliant cinematically shot. I, I don't think anyone here would disagree with that. Um, I think it's almost worth watching as like a lesson in cinematography. All the dolly, pretty much every scene is on a dolly. Tons of rack focuses that are awesome. I thought maybe some of it was like too stylistic color wise, as I think Pappy and Stevie may have talked about before the pod, like too yellow or too chromatic or something sometimes. Yeah. Is that kind of what you were getting at? Pat? Yeah. Mikey, do you remember the scene in Blade Runner 2049 with Jared Leto? Where it's all orange. That's what this this whole fucking movie is like. That one scene. Ooh, yeah. yeah, this movie is like super stylized, but it's like super stylized, and it looks really, really good. So I can't complain about it. It was yellow, which is kind of like the most off-putting color to me personally. But <laughs> I mean, like Josh said, there's a bunch of dolly shots. I, if you guys stuck around and even like watched the credits, the credits were even awesome. They're like. Uh, just like uh, rolling shots throughout the city, I don't know, it looks pretty cool. So I love the way the movie looked. Yeah, I mean, I think you even see parts of like the that like saturated color. You see it in Prisoners when everything is like gray for certain parts or like it's really dark. Yeah. Um, and you see it in, I think, Sicario too in some of the shots of the city where you get a lot of like certain colors. I, I want to say it's like more like blues and grays there as well. And Blade Runner is the same way where you're in like the the city area and everything's bright ass red and you get like the, the reds and the blacks. So I think you can kind of see his, his style there. And I don't know if that's, if he's just fucking around with colors <laughs> in a way that I can see as a colorblind person, or if that's something that other people do as well, if his is just more bold. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think we see a lot of his cinematography here as well. Um, so did this please your eye as a B uh, wait, what is it? Uh, CBP? A liar oh. is what they... <laughs> <laughs> no, Jordan, as a CBC, CBC person, colorblind, CBP person, colorblind person. No, Did sorry, this please that, your palate? It didn't. The, like Mikey said, the yellow is sickening. <laughs> um, the, that concept had just been like playing with my mind. I heard in a podcast a few months ago that... Uh, Christopher Nolan is actually colorblind and that his color palettes are like very bland and people think that it might be because of that. Um, and so I've been kind of thinking about that in movies that I've watched since then. Um, but yeah, I think that that makes sense. Everything he does is gray. Yeah. Yeah. It's super gray and like gray and washed black. out. I wonder how that color or that conversation goes with his like colorist on his movie. They like have like all these cuts of the Joker all vibrant and crazy, and he's like, "No, no, doll it back, saturation, <laughs> turn that shit down." He's got Colors two Joker like, outfits. What? Better one or two? What's, what's the difference? <laughs> um, I think this is gonna end up being a pretty short pod, but I want to kind of throw it up to you guys to get any kind of last uh, last talking points in there before we kind of go to uh, yeses and nos and trivia later on. I had uh, one more point to bring up about it possibly being one person um his mom says something about his infidelity like oh you had you you remember you have those problems just holding down one girl or something Ooh. or messing around with one girl so i thought that was like a, a, a the real big tell oh mikey or, she also says something like person. uh you need to quit that stupid acting job yeah that third rate acting gig thing and then literally the next shot is humongous, evil-looking spider. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, th- I think we've all, I guess I don't know how many Josh has seen just because we've never talked about it, but I've talked to most of you guys about Denny Villeneuve movies. Like, do you have a favorite and least favorite? This might be my least favorite. And I'd say favorite arrival, but I'm just curious where you guys are with him. I love him. He's one of my favorite newish, newer directors. I mean, I'm sure he's been directing for a long time, but all of his stuff is very stylized. Prisoners is like the best crime movie I think I've seen in a very long time. Paul Dano. And I love Blade Runner. Yeah, Paul Dano's in that. Uh, Blade Runner's amazing. It's beautiful. All of his movies are really great to look at, so I like him. I made a statement uh, to Pat about a month back calling Denny Villeneuve one of the most uh, accessible directors. And this is by far his least accessible film as far as just like someone coming off the street and enjoying a movie. Mm. Uh, this is definitely my least favorite of his movies. And my favorite's probably a tie between Sigario and Prisoners. I think those movies are just absolute masterpieces. That's where I stand. I love Arrival. I've I've only seen Arrival, Sicaria, and this one, but I feel like a lot of the things he did in this movie maybe were stepping stones so that he could pull off something like Arrival, which I think has an actual like awesome payoff. Where the payoff in this movie was kind of flaccid, Vigo Mortensen style. Ooh. <laughs> hey now. No, yeah, Pappy, I would agree. I I really, really like Arrival. It's probably my favorite of his, and Sicario and Prisoners are right up there as well. Um, and Blade Runner 2049 is really good, but still probably his fourth best for me. Um, but yeah, I, I also agree with Josh that you can kind of see him like develop almost from this and then into Prisoners, which I think is his next one right after this, or they're right around the same time. Prisoners was right before this as far as a release order. Um, but this definitely feels like one where... It's kind of the one for me and one for you, except this is his one for me, and he's done several big like big hitters since then. Um, yeah, there was one other thread that I think earlier on, uh, when Adam is lecturing, he says something about everything happening twice and like learning from history and things like that. I don't know how much that weaves into the storyline um, as far as him like kind of living two lives or imagining two lives, but just the, I think we've pointed out a lot of different things you can pick up on throughout this movie and i think it all feeds into stevie's thing like he's seen it twice and he still thinks it's the least accessible film um that villeneuve has made i think if we title this podcast like ending to uh enemy explained like we'll get a ton of hits and then everyone will be disappointed because <laughs> there's actually like no great explanation just a bunch of ambiguity ambiguity I end. like ambiguity, but this is like ambiguity on steroids. Well, have you guys we read do any that. of the... <laughs> do it and see how many and just we ha- get. Do that, but just have the episode just be Spoiler Man saying, what? <laughs> <laughs> Unicorns? <laughs> what? I mean, I've I've spent a lot of the day and last night looking up like enemy ending explained, and a lot of it is just like bullshit quotes from the director and from a couple of the actors like... It explores like the human psyche and all this stuff. And Stevie, like you kind of hit on a couple of the points about how it's about tyranny and stuff. And like, I really don't fucking understand it still after trying to read about it all day. (laughs) It's more annoying than that. It gets into like Greek mythology and Freud and a bunch of stuff. And it's like, come on, just put it in the movie. You just gotta look at Oedipus. (laughs) No, it's like the Madonna whore syndrome. Where apparently there's some guys. No, this is a real thing. Freud put out. 
is that some guys have something where every woman is either like a saintly saint, so think like pregnant wife, or like a whore, dirty, awful person. Like there's no in between. So that's like the spider. And I'm not saying that's the explanation. And also Freud's like complete bullshit. So that doesn't even make sense. But that's been put forth. Well, that would make sense that his wife turned to a spider at the end after she slept with depressed Jake. And after her water broke. Right. <laughs> and laid spider eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and then those babies ate the mom. There's definitely that's similar shots. So I think you guys that bring that up, though, especially like in Arrival. With like the alien in the dream in the corner, and it's like the exact same shot as the spider in the corner in this movie. Oh yeah, when she's learning the language. Was that a jump scare at the end of the movie? By the way, for you guys, it was off-putting. Scared I was the shit startled, out of me. but there wasn't a <laughs> yeah, loud it was noise. It was not, a, not a jump scare, yeah. but it's definitely a good scare. I mean, it's like shocking. I definitely, love. I sure. love that last shot. Like as much as I like. That last shot so much better than the rest of the film for me. Like <laughs> Jordan, one thing before you go to the next segment. Uh, Brett Kelly, again, not on the pod tonight. But do you guys Rest know why peace. he's not on the pod? Is it because he's scared of spiders? Yeah, he's a bitch about spiders. He's so <laughs> scared of spiders. I was hoping like he had seen this accidentally. <laughs> Staunchly scared of spiders. Wait, because so the he movie said he had homework. What a liar! He made up a lie to avoid spiders. Did he watch it's got to be. Did I don't know, but movie? like, I went into this not knowing it had anything to do with spiders. Like, that's not part of the marketing that I saw. And like, I, I think there's like a movie. I've seen. I've seen a poster with yeah. a spider on it. So maybe he might have. Yeah, seen that giant spider has been tweeted by like one perfect shot at least ten thousand times. With <laughs> really that frame. Yeah, I've seen it so many times. One perfect shot for one stupid movie. <laughs> Brett, Brett couldn't even make it past the entry scene where they squish a spider underneath a giant stripper heel. Nope. <laughs> He's like simultaneously fist pumping slash closing his eyes. <laughs> All right. Let's get this boy into uh, yeses and nos. Um, Pappy will go west to east again. Uh, you got the floor, man. All righty. I mean, I'm just a huge Denny Villeneuve fan. Um, and I feel like I want to be a completist on his work. There's still a lot of his early stuff I haven't seen, but he's a pretty mature filmmaker at this point. Like you said, it came out after Prisoners. This is 2013. He's a mature filmmaker when he's making this. So I don't know if it's actually fair to call it a stepping stone because he's he's already established at this point. I think that once you kind of unlock the fact that he's using you know the spiders as a symbolism for this guy's fear of commitment then the movie just kind of falls a little flat to me. I agree that there's great cinematography, but the way that it's stylized with that yellow is just so off-putting. Mm. Uh, because this is a sub-95-minute movie, I'll give it a yes, but only on that reason. If this movie was seven minutes longer, it'd be a no. Um, <laughs> but it's a quick in and out, and there's a better version of this movie. It's called Vertigo. And it's one of the best movies ever made. So just go watch that. Pulls a lot of Hitchcock off in this movie. A lot of cock. A lot of hitching. <laughs> uh, Mikey, I think you next, man. Uh, I'll give it a yes. I like the cinematography. Like Pep said, the yellow was off-putting. If it was like orange, at least, I think it'd be a lot better. Um, 
I like these weird movies that make you think a lot that you should probably watch it at least one more time. Just to, there's something else you'll probably see every time you watch this. Probably it's kind of one of those movies. It reminded me a lot about uh, Black Swan. I thought it was similar to that. Um, I don't know. It's just Scissors. one of those movies that makes you think. It makes you think and... Uh, I thought that that last shot was just such a shock. Totally didn't expect that coming, and I I, I loved it actually. I I kind of dug this movie a lot, so I'm glad I watched it. Nice. <coughs> you all right, Pat? Yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm having trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, Pat's got spiders in his lungs. Yeah, just. Spider Just eggs. Spiders. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I forget who we went that to next. Pap, on the that wasn't Pap. That was Movie Pap who coughed. <laughs> <laughs> is it Stevie? Is this you? Yeah, probably. All right. Uh, this is a soft yes. Um. I know we didn't really get to touch on this because we were just talking about how crazy the movie is, but I think Jake Gyllenhaal is a really strong actor. I mean, typically when it comes to his movies, I'm going to see it. I just think a lot of his movies stack up against Test of Time. Unfortunately, this is not one of them that I think people will remember fondly for years to come. But um, one of my favorite actors, one of my favorite directors, so soft, soft yes. Hashtag get Jake an Oscar. Please. Please. <laughs> Josh, how about you? So true. Oh, man. I love Jake Gyllenhaal. He's so good at emoting, but holy crap. There's so many shots of just holding on him, walking slowly through a room, and nothing happens. Walking down the street, brooding, brooding. Nothing happens. And, uh, I love this type of movie, and I love I love Donnie Darko. I love pretty much everything Prisoners. Jake Gyllenhaal hauls in. I love Villain Villain Away. <laughs> sure, it's actually not bad. But <laughs> I like that movie. <laughs> Ang Lee's finest. I will. I I think Jordan will probably give it a no because he gives every movie a no. But I will also give this a no. I mean. It just really fell flat for me at the end. And while it was shocking to see a spider in the corner, I like a huge spider taking up half the room, I did not think it paid off for me intellectually. And the movie is supposed to be like super highfalutin and taking on all this symbolism and whatever, whatever. I really could not shake the feeling that I just didn't buy it in this movie. Um, and it's weird because I'm usually like an easy sell on this type of movie. Something about this one rubbed me the wrong way at the end. But while it is a no, cinematography is great. It has a few, like it's weird enough that maybe if you just like weird movies, check it out. But I'll give it a no, Jode Man. Interesting. Josh is plum again this movie. Um, Indeed. <laughs> this is actually going to be a, a soft yes for me. Uh, I mostly... <laughs> I mostly agree with Pappy that I am a big fan of uh, Villeneuve and that was one of the reasons I'd kind of heard about this movie and read about it a few times um, without seeing any spoilers and so I didn't really know what I was walking into here. Um, I think I've seen 
I think we've well, I think we've reviewed movies with similar uh, quality scripts that are just shot terribly and they're just so difficult to watch. But this is one of those where I'm not sure if the script holds together, but I'll probably watch it again for the storyline. But even just watching it, it's it's fun and easy to watch just because. Jesus, Pappy, it's fun and (laughs) it's fun and easy to watch just because of the quality of the filmmaking and the cinematography, and even the palette, like the color palettes, are at times pretty repulsive, but they do like draw you in. Like it's, uh, it's, I don't know, it's it's attractive in a way, Um, and I do think that there there might be some sort of psychological underpinnings to the plot, and that's why I'd want to see it again, not soon, but um, it's had me thinking about it at least all day, and so I any movie that I think makes me think for this long is uh, something to revisit and deserves a soft yes, at least. Um, right. So we will do some trivia before we go to spoiler man. Right. I haven't hosted in a while. Is that our uh, order of operations here? Yep. All right. So our order will be Josh money, Mike, Stevie pap. That was the order that I was given before the show. Um, pretty straightforward trivia this week uh we talked about villeneuve's last five movies and how they are pretty solid maybe with this one exception (laughs) so prisoners enemy sicario arrival and blade runner 2049 we're gonna go uh prices right so closest to without going over total box office revenue um we will start like i said with josh domestic or international um, this is, oh, check my sources here. Ba, ba, ba. That can make a difference. It could. Are you counting just those five films or his entire filmography? Just those five. And we are doing. Denny Villeneuve, three film club, by the way. Might be the only director in that club. Huge honor. 2049 most... Arrival, is that what we've done so far? Yeah. Reviewed director in Spoiler's history. <laughs> Um, You're welcome, Denny. Wait, really? <laughs> the most? Who else is up there? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure we've done Spielberg a shit ton of times and just don't realize. Michael Bay. Yeah, I'm sure we've done a lot of Michael Bay, too. Miyazaki. <laughs> oh, yeah, Miyazaki. Do you find that yet, Jordan? <laughs> Still working Prestige on it. Worldwide. Oh, Worldwide. Unadjusted Worldwide. Ooh. So Josh, you're up first. Down at the specifics. Can you hear the choices again? Not the choices. It's a total. To- total box office for his last five movies, which are in uh, reverse chronological order: Blade Runner 2049, Arrival, Sicario, Enemy, and Prisoners. <sighs> well, I will say, and. This is why Infinity War shouldn't be a thing, because it probably made more in the opening weekend than all of his movies have. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'll I'll start us clean at like uh, four hundred million, uh, three hundred and fifty million. God damn it! That was mine. <laughs> That's what I was gonna guess. Of all the numbers in the world, you had to choose the exact same number I <laughs> And wanted. we're in the millions. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll do three. I'll do three seventy-five. What a dick! Is it Price is, is Right? Price is Right. Closest to 
without going over. Stop looking at him Stevie, and adding him up. Stevie, our box office extraordinaire. No, because uh, 2049 was like a flop and considered worldwide. Yeah. Um, I think that was 150. I think it made 227. Then I think Sicario made like 130. So you guys aren't far off. I'm going to say... What were your guys's? Josh, Josh 350, had 350, 375. Yeah, Mikey had 375. Oh, man, this sucks. You guys are so close. Uh, fuck it. Um, let's go 380. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so angry. <laughs> 380 says, Stevie, Pappy, what you got? $1, Jordan. Oh, boo. $1 hair. <laughs> I'm going to be the closest. (laughs) Before I announce the winner, Josh, I have to ask, did you throw trivia last week so that I would have a chance to host for the first time in about six months? (laughs) Jordan, we've been accused of collusion so much. Why would you bring this up on air? This is horrible. (laughs) It's a false flag to get us to not suspect them. I must know. (laughs) Definitely not. Never have I done so. Longer in cahoots. I think the only time I've Your thrown trivia, space, space spiders. The only time I've thrown trivia is to not let Brett win, which Pappy has requested. <laughs> True. Yikes. Uh, so the winner this week, <laughs> the winner this week, the true uh, total box office for those five films was six hundred seventy-four million. Whoa. Stevie, Stevie, you are our winner. Everyone was nice. Almost half wow. of the true value. Um, we will throw to Spoiler Man real quick before Stevie gives us his choice. Spoiler Man, take it away. Twitter! Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme. Our number is 903-776-4507. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Please don't forget to leave us a review by searching for movie spoilers, clicking on the cereal bowl, select the reviews tab, and leave us some stars and some words. That was spoilers. And we're back. Stevie. He's got the basketball stone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Pass me the rock. <laughs> Stevie, what's your fucking um, choice, man? <laughs> listen to our Avengers episode, number 162. I am a person... That'll come out two like, weeks before this episode. <laughs> I'm the person that's kind of like non-old like old crotchety man about movies. I think movies, especially like the really good ones, are getting better as time goes on. Uh, like My favorite movie of all time is Mad Max Fury Road, for example. Uh, I'm going to stick in the late 2000s, early 2010s, whatever the hell it's called. Um, the not not. It's kind of a one-hit wonder for this director, but it made Ryan Gosling into a star. We're going to talk about Drive. Fuck yeah, dude. That's oh, I thought movie. you were going to say The Notebook. <laughs> no, this uh, Drive, I think, is a... Uh, <laughs> drive's an all-timer, so I'm excited to talk about this. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. That was uh, that was spoilers.
Never doubt Denny. God damn it. <laughs> That's a lot I'm of money, so dude. I'm so excited to say one dollar. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking. <laughs> I knew, I, I knew uh, Blade Runner flopped, but I... That has to be like half of that. Blade right? Runner was 260, Arrival was 200, Sicario Damn. 85, Enemy under 5 million, and Prisoners was 120. Uh, yeah, I guess can't believe Arrival is 200. Yeah. I forgot about Arrival. That's the movie I was missing. Did you guys yep. see... Uh, that would have put you real close. Did you guys see... <laughs> You guys see IU landed Romeo? Fuck oh, yes. We talked about this. Can't wait. Right. In Infinity Wars, is he one of the superheroes? Yeah, he's an Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He just dunks on everybody. He dunks on everybody. And we're That's back. Stevie. He's got the basketball stone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Pass me the rock. (laughs) Goodbye.